Welcome to WTAF, Women, Travel, Art, and Food. I'm Kelly Grayler. I'm an entrepreneur, art collector, traveler, and a big eater. I love contemporary art so much that I launched Alice Riot, a luxury brand that helps women artists grow and invites you to wear the gallery. My vision is to travel and connect with the top artists and chefs around the world, and WTAF brings these stories of art, food, and adventure to you. And yes, that title is a double entendre. Welcome to WTAF. Hi, it's Kelly Grayler, and this is WTAF. So this week, we are speaking with a curator. And the curator plays a crucial role in the art world. This is the individual who literally selects the works worthy of your attention and mine. Whether built around a theme, a trend, or a specific artist, the curator is the keeper or the custodian of the works deemed worthy of art world attention and investment. So it's refreshing to meet a curator and art advisor who deliberately stands to lift and curate works by women artists. This week's interview is with Molly Barnes. She is the founder of She Curates, an online and social platform that aims to champion equality in the arts. The site showcases works and Molly's interviews with hundreds of women artists. She's also a highly sought after curator who has been the architect behind a number of significant exhibitions showcasing works by women artists. I highly encourage you to visit her site, she-curates.com, and explore the deep catalog of interviews and works by women artists. And keep an eye on Molly. I expect nothing less than major things yet to come in her art curation career. Enjoy the episode. First of all, Molly, thank you for joining us. I am so, I absolutely love getting off of Instagram and and having live conversations with the people I have been following. How would you describe yourself in terms of your role in the art world? Like what really is your purpose and, and, and what motivates you in this role? Thank you. Yeah, so huge, huge question. <laughs> um, so as we said previously, I, I describe myself as an independent curator. Um, I don't uh, align myself to a particular gallery or institutional company unless I'm doing a project or series of projects, hopefully. With them, it's usually me coming up with wild, wacky ideas and approaching different places that I think will fit them. Um, and I've made some great connections that way. Um, for example, like Gillian Jason Gallery, who I curated an exhibition for in March um, for International Women's Day. And we curated an exhibition called Heart of the Matter. Um, you might have seen it on the digital space that they uh, created with this incredible architect. And that featured Bridget Riley and Tracy Emin and all these absolutely insane, insane artists that I studied at school and never thought I'd ever have the privilege to exhibit um, alongside amazing artists that would found on Instagram or in shows. What are the avenues, the channels, the the aesthetics? What are you what, what where does your focus really go toward in terms of the, the projects you pursue and the collaborations you pursue? Again, big, big question. I think um, for me curation is all about working in the best way for the people and working the best way for the artists and I as as with she curates focus on underrepresented artists specifically um women non-binary and queer artists um, and that's my sort of focus but that in itself is such a broad huge 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 topic um in terms of time management which I think nowadays is just like the uh go word I don't know um is coming up with ideas, it's budgeting, it's uh, working with volunteers, working with staff, it's art writing, it's you know helping artists with their promotional materials, everything. 
so managing your time is a huge thing I have a huge diary <laughs> I wish I had it with me but like I said I've moved but I, I could show you and I have planned out every day all the tasks I need to do uh, for each project and there's always a million things on the go but it's it's really fun and I think it keeps you yeah it keeps your brain moving <laughs> what what prompted you to launch she curates and I believe you did that in spring of 2020 and I know there was this thing called a global pandemic that was just starting to rear its head yeah yeah I've not been heard of that um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was literally a few days into lockdown and it was a way to really keep me moving because suddenly as, as we all know everything stopped so all the initiatives all the exhibitions all the people that I was working with it suddenly stopped either to be put on hold or cancelled entirely unfortunately with other things so she curates started as a way to sort of supplement my curatorial practice during this period of well people halting and it's a real testimony to people being so kind and generous with me during their time because everyone was suddenly on their phone so I imagine you've had it with this series that people are actually responding to everybody now and you can get through to people and people you never thought you'd speak to you can suddenly do an interview with which is what happened and I suddenly went from being very much a regional southeast based curator to speaking to people all around the world from she curates like I see my practice has grown into doing the shows in London this year I've got a show launching next month um, and I've got a whole host of projects until 2024 now I think just launching like I say from the generosity of other people and from collaborating and just coming up with ideas and just being cheeky and asking to do them what what is the what is the purpose of she curates so if someone is is arriving on the site for the first time you see the index of all the interviews what do you want people to take away from the experience honestly i want people to take away um just knowledge of the artist it's I, I hate it when you see exhibitions pop up and they're so well thought out and they're so brilliant but they have absolutely no women non-binary queer artists in them and i want people to be like we're doing this exhibition, it's focused on this. And here's an index and a directory explaining these people's practice, these artists, and they can literally go on it and say, there's all these artists out there. There is no excuse not to be including them in your shows. There's no excuse not to be having them and showcasing them and collecting them. And it's really just, like you say, a directory for people to be able to go on, research these artists and find the most incredible voices out there and the most incredible practices. And, and for me, from, from my curatorial practice, I have, all these people that I've spoken to either on Zoom or, or written, however we um, decide to do the interviews. And then when I'm coming up with exhibitions, I go, I remember that from this artist and they said they really want to do this one day and I can bring them in to do that. And that's, again, a huge privilege for me um, and something really, yeah, just really lovely. It's just these like obviously fixed conversations and they sort of go around in your mind and obviously tangible online <laughs> as well. So if, if someone um, isn't familiar with She Curates and visits the site or even finds you first on, on digital, on social and, and, and ends up there and sees this immense catalog of interviews, which interview have you done that you think is just like the ideal place to start for somebody who's new? It's a really good question and I think it's probably impossible to answer like the artist that comes to mind is like Sahara Long or Chidine Manoli um, and then I've, I've started a series uh, called The Conversations with Art Girl Rising who we're both huge fans of um, and we've got the second episode of that coming out and that's a totally different um, space to explore these 
interviews and conversations I've been having and the one that's out at the moment um which we did ahead of their unit London launch was Helen Beard and Anna Lieber Lewis and that's a really lovely one to watch in a different format because all of my interviews at the moment are written even if we do it face to face I I write it and put it online so it's sort of more accessible in that way but yeah I, I think I think go on there and I think swipe the page and click on one and you won't be disappointed everyone's voices on there is is incredible art girl rising I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan I, I have the Cindy Yoda. shirt I have my Cindy shirt I uh I picked that up in in 2020 during the pandemic when I was again discovering all of these great resources out there where I could learn more about the work to advance women artists you you spoke a little bit about helping gallerists other places ensure that they're 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 being mindful and bringing forward women artists you know lbgtq artists what what is the, what is the gap that you see out there that this helps to address it's this gap that's just been pervasive in the art world and as we were speaking about earlier in the larger corporate ev every world where male artists are put ahead where women and queer artists are so often an afterthought like I sort of alluded to earlier and we're seeing all these great movements come up like it's very easy to sort of quote the gorilla girls and all the sort of findings that they had and all their obviously iconic posters and statistics and then these um accounts coming up like we're not coming up the great women artists like the most established account um repaint history art girl rising they're all addressing this same issue of the sort of gender disparity in the art world and proving that there's an audience and proving um that there's an interest in it which is only going to make those bigger institutions listen and we've seen shows coming up with more women artists and it is it is happening it's slow it's very slow but it is happening um and i think they just have such a positive look to the future for an equal future which again crosses all sectors not just arts and culture unfortunately um but yeah who's your favorite living artist that's such a <laughs> question um at the moment I would say Sahara Long who's a fantastic London-based artist who I exhibited with Jane Jason um in March who's yours Maggie Hepling okay I, 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 there was no hesitation there <laughs> there is no hesitation I've I have followed her for roughly a decade mm -hmm. and um I, I, her, her, I find her, her um, pieces, the waves, just incredibly powerful. I also absolutely love her irreverent mm -hmm. attitude and how she navigates some of the zeitgeist when people aren't necessarily fans of something she does, whether it's a sculpture or what have you. Uh, you know, as a novice art collector myself, I purchased my first Maggie Hambling this year for my 50th birthday present. Oh, so, amazing, That's special. I picked up I picked up a piece from 1991 called The Laugh, and it was um, it was at auction in Cork, Ireland, and it was online. And I was literally I, I, I looked like a kid who's trying to get her, you know, Foo Fighters tickets. And I'm like refreshing the page and making sure my bid is ahead. And I ended up winning it. And so it's now it's now sitting here in my home and I absolutely love it. Oh, incredible. You've got such an incredible wall behind you of that. Thank you. It, the majority of it are works by women artists. <laughs> this, and, and, and in fact, this piece is called 2020. So it was created during the pandemic. And the artist, Amy Caston, is a, a kindergarten friend of mine. 
So we've been friends since we were five years old. And I've got some of her other pieces here. Yeah, I am, I am not an artist, but I sure love to have it around me. And I love pieces that stand out. So you brought up the great women artists. She curates, Art Girl Rising. I'm also, you know, observing National Museum of Women in the Arts here in the U.S., Art Table, which is a nonprofit we've collaborated with. Anonymous was a woman foundation. There's this wide range of different organizations in the art world squarely focused on advancing women artists. Where do, where do you think everything stands right now in terms of impact? What are you optimistic about as we move forward? I think I, I'm really optimistic. I think um, in terms of, well, like I saw saying earlier, I, I think these organizations are proving the audience and they're proving that the money's there. At the, at the end of the day, the art world is sort of, well, is built on money. And it's proving that if there's an audience and people are following these accounts, like the Great Women Artists obviously has an absolutely immense audience, that that is pushing everything forward. I think it's very easy to almost look at them and think oh it's just Instagram but it isn't it it, it does uh, push into the real world and I think we're seeing that with these exhibitions that are popping up with all the collaborations that are happening it's just yeah proving the strength of the of the women and well men and women behind behind the movement. So where do you, where do you see She Curates five years from now? Do you know that's a, such a tricky question I've had so many people recently be like well, obviously you're going to open a gallery with it and obviously you can do this and I just I just don't know I it's all been so fluid and so organic I don't know I, I love the way it's growing and I love doing these collaborations I love meeting everybody and I think that's where I want to see it continue growing but you have to ask me in five years <laughs> I will ask you in five years I'm not going anywhere so <laughs> I'll still be here still be collecting still asking all my questions still looking at the industry data and getting pissed off about you know, mm. the percentage of sales that go to women artists and hopefully it'll be better than 2% when we, you know, five years. Much worse, but you know. <laughs> no, like, like you say, I think, no, I'm very, I'm very optimistic. I think um, we're shown every day. It's never top news, but I think we're shown every day that things are going in the right direction. So I feel very optimistic got to I, I love it the optimism the optimism is a consistent theme I'm hearing in all of these conversations so all right I'm going to switch over now to some rapid fire questions so what is your favorite color yellow always always has been forever <laughs> what was your first piece of artwork that you collected and do you still have it yes I do and it's typical like I say because I've moved I don't actually have it with me but it's a small original framed oil painting by a local artist down here called um, Jane Gray, who, and I purchased it straight from her studio and the minute I had the money for it and I told her I'm saving up for that and I bought it from her. And I wish I could show you, I'll send you a picture of it, but it's beautiful. I'd love to see it. Where in the world is your favorite place to travel? Do I have to be the UK? That's really boring, but it, it would have to be the UK. I love the UK. And I think, I think people are realizing how beautiful their own countries are because of lockdown. And I definitely have. That's really boring though. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's my, it's again, it's my second favorite place in the world and I can't wait to get back over there. So what is the worst travel experience you've ever had? A really shit boat excursion in Croatia. <laughs> I had the most incredible time when I went to Croatia in 2015 god that's ages ago 
and it was the most incredible holiday and we were promised this amazing excursion me and my partner went down the pier and we got on this boat and it was like thunder storms they only served um meat and wine in these huge vats so I was just drinking like wine feeling seasick in a storm on a boat for like 100 quid <laughs> but it was hilarious and we've got amazing stories from it but I think that'd be the worst one and I don't What's eat that? meat so <laughs> it was screwed. No. what what is the best thing you've ever eaten oh it's got to be pasta it's got to be some sort of pasta obviously 100 <laughs> percent who is a woman artist who has inspired you? I'd have to say Danny Humberstone, who is a really, really dear friend of mine down here. And she um, is the artist in residence at a gallery I've worked at since I was a teenager. And her drive and passion and love and generosity towards other women in the art is possibly unmatched. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, Danny Humberstone, check her out. <laughs> Where in the world are you going next? I, the next plan I have is to go to the Netherlands um, for Clovermill Artist Residency um, run by fantastic artist Jennifer Smith. And it's a residency. They literally have their first residency at the moment. They're in their second week. And we're doing an annual program where she curates is going to be sending two women and queer artists to the Netherlands every year. Theory, I'm meant to be going across, but at the moment it's like a 10 day quarantine. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed, but that should be the next place. Oh my goodness. What advice would you give to someone who is interested in stepping into the world of art collecting? Invest in the artists that you believe in and the artworks that you love. I think it's really easy to think this is an investment. I hate this artwork, but I'm going to buy it because it's an investment. And I think art should be enjoyed. I think art should be on your wall and you should love it every day. And I think genuine support of artists is really important there's so many collectors that buy work and then perhaps never speak to the artist again and I think something that's really exciting is getting to know the artist and I think it just it makes your artwork glow if you know the artist and you have a relationship with them so I would say yeah <laughs> enjoy the work and and befriend the artist if you can well I, I enjoy the work up in my living room right now and I, I have reached out to Dame Hambling and mm -hmm. have asked if she'd consider collaborating with us. So fantastic! I haven't had a no, so mm -hmm. this is a good sign. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see what 2022 brings. This work so that I've got here, this massive ah. one, this is from Caroline Absher. And I went to, I fell in love with her and her work years ago and sort of message on and off on Instagram and then said like I'm coming to New York because I was going with my partner a few years ago obviously pre-COVID and I said I've got to come to student I basically got to buy something I'm obsessed I've been as obsessed and we stripped it from the canvas rolled up and I carried it home on the plane with me went to Brooklyn for the day to meet her yeah obviously fell in love and I, I trained as a framer when I first left school so we restretched it and we got back over here it can barely fit through any doorways like if I get a smaller house <laughs> it just would literally wouldn't fit it barely fits it and then I got her work into the Daniel Raphael gallery exhibition I did in May this year which was 25 women and queer artists from all around the world and yes yeah, so we've got another Caroline's work over here in London because that relationship made and yeah and it's phenomenal all her work's phenomenal so check her out <laughs> and thank you for your time this this has been just a terrific discussion and I really appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting you in real life. This yeah, is, this is a step in the right direction. 
let me know I do I come up to London quite regularly but let me know when you're about and um, we'll have to meet up that'd be lovely well or I'll I'll head your way I also like getting out of London so I don't know, we'll get um, a Brighton or something that'd be really fun that'd be great 